You are Locked On SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. Great to have you guys along. Today's show is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you on today's show. Bet Online has just released their over-under win totals for all 14 SEC teams. We're going to catch up with our buddy Chris Marler from the College Football Uncensored podcast and Saturday Down South. We'll get his thoughts on every team's win total, and we'll break it up into two parts. So today we'll run through the top half of the SEC. Tomorrow we will do the rest. Also, takeaways from day two of the SEC tournament over in Hoover. A controversial play in the Alabama-Tennessee game. What does it mean for the Tide's postseason chances? And also, Kentucky joins South Carolina as the next SEC team to announce full capacity for football games in the fall. We'll tell you what A.D. Mitch Barnhart had to say. I am Chris Gordy. Be sure to follow Locked on SEC for free wherever you get your podcast. You'll get the latest episode of this podcast as soon as it comes out each and every day. All right, let's jump into it. Let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Makes the Around the conference. And we start with Kentucky expecting full capacity for games at Kroger Field this fall, coming off a five and six season, capped with a Gator Bowl win over NC State. Mark Stoops and his squad will return to action on September 4th, hosting Louisiana Monroe. UK Director of Athletics Mitch Barnhart said in a statement released yesterday, coming off three straight bowl wins and the enthusiasm for the team that Coach Stoops is putting together, we couldn't be more eager for the upcoming season. An exciting lineup of opponents and anticipating the return of bands, cheerleaders, tailgating, and everything that goes along with college football Saturdays. We are planning for great times at Kroger Field this fall. UK Athletics tweeted out, Catterdays are back. Plans to open Kroger Field to full capacity this fall. And Kentucky's got a few very intriguing home games coming this fall, including Florida and LSU, who hasn't visited Lexington in quite a long time. So now we officially have two SEC schools, including Kentucky and South Carolina, who have said they plan to be full capacity this fall. Other schools like Texas A&M and LSU have hinted they will be as well, though uh, no one else has officially announced that as of yet. But I got a feeling more are coming in the coming weeks. All right, recapping what was a busy day two of the SEC tournament over in Hoover. And a bit of a surprise, the early game yesterday, the lower-seeded Florida Gators whipped up handily on the three-seeded Mississippi State Bulldogs Wednesday morning. The Gator offense showed up in full force, totaling 18 hits en route to a 13-1 victory that ended after seven innings and a run-rule win. The last time the Gators recorded 18 or more hits, you got to go back to, uh, in the SEC tournament, back to uh, 1997. That's the last time they did it in the SEC tournament, 18 or more hits. So quite a long time since they did that. Gator starter Hunter Barco was outstanding, pitched all seven innings, allowing just the one run off four hits. It was funny, after the seventh inning, he was ready to get back out there, and they said, no, no, game's over. We won. Florida's hitters, they uh, rocked Bulldog starter Brandon Smith, who gave up six runs in just two innings. Sterling Thompson hit a home run while Chris Armstrong drove in four RBIs. The midday game on Wednesday was a wild one as Alabama blew a 2-0 lead in the seventh inning as Tennessee was able to tie things up. And then the Vols, they appeared to win it in the bottom of the ninth, but runner interference was called, reviewed, and upheld to take the decisive run off the board. 
Here's a little bit of what it sounded like. To keep the game tied. And here's a ground ball up the middle off the pitcher. Wilson tries to turn, fires late, and Tennessee wins it with a walk-off. Oh, no way. Tony Vitello is arguing his case. Here's the play at second base. Does he go straight into the bag? Oh, and that left hand. Contact. He makes he he's definitely slides straight into the base. But the left hand makes contact. Uh -huh. But after review, wow. And Tony Vitello is going to come out and wow. Chat with home plate up by Eddie Newsom and look for clarification. So they would take the run off the board, and we would go on to extras, and we continued on to the 11th, where Owen Diodati drove in Sam Prater for a 3-2 Alabama lead. Tide closer Chase Lee pitched the final five uh, innings for the Crimson Tide, who got a strong start from Jacob McNary, who allowed only three hits and four and two-thirds scoreless innings. So where does this victory lead? leave Alabama as far as the postseason goes? Well, they entered with a 12-17 SEC mark, but a couple of victories over South Carolina and Tennessee. That moves them to 14-17. and 17. A hole in their resume has been quality wins. Alabama has picked up two big ones this week. They will face Florida today, and they get another opportunity for a quality win later in the week. One more win would certainly help their case, but as of now, they are on the outside looking in. Obviously, Alabama, Alabama's run hurts all bubble teams. There's the obvious question of, you know, would they take LSU's spot? Well, you could argue LSU's series win over Alabama a couple weeks ago should factor in. But the way the committee explains their decisions, this is according to D1Baseball.com, they say teams get bids, not leagues. So we'll see if that holds true. If Alabama and LSU are two teams remaining on the bubble, would they put them both in over, say, a team from another conference? So the Gators, they move on to the winner's bracket. They will play Alabama today at 430 the Gators, they've never, they've never faced the Crimson Tide during the regular season this year. Meanwhile, early this morning, depending on what time you're listening to this podcast, the Mississippi State Bulldogs will take on Tennessee in the loser's bracket at 9.30 a.m. Central this morning. So that will be an interesting elimination game. In the later games, number one, Arkansas showed very much why they are the top-ranked team in the nation, beating Georgia easily 11-2. Razorback starter Lyle Lockett cruised seven strong innings, allowing just two runs off two hits to go with 11 strikeouts. Arkansas offensively only had seven hits off of the Georgia pitching, but they worked an impressive 14 walks in the game, including a couple of bases loaded RBIs. Cullen Smith hit a home run and drove in a couple of runs for the Razorbacks. And in the night game, it was Ole Miss Vanderbilt. And uh, unfortunately, due to the time we're recording this, Ole Miss and Vandy went into a pretty lengthy weather delay. So while we're recording this in the later hours, they're actually playing right now. We're scoreless. Nothing, nothing in the uh, bottom of the third, but uh, we will see. Uh, I'll try to update you as the podcast goes along, but uh, Ole Miss and Vandy. You'd expect Vandy with the pitching and how good they've been all year to uh, be able to advance here, but we saw earlier Mississippi State was not uh, able to hold on with their higher seating and, and uh, move on. But uh, the loser of this one will have a quick turnaround. They'll play Georgia early in the afternoon, and Arkansas, they will take on the winner later on tonight. And I do need to mention the softball Super Regionals get underway this weekend. LSU actually gets started tonight. The Tigers will host Florida State in the Baton Rouge Super Regional starting at 7 p.m. Central tonight on ESPN. Bama and Kentucky, they'll start their series tomorrow, Friday at 1 o'clock. Mizzou will host James Madison late Friday night at 9 p.m. Arkansas will host Arizona 
starting Friday at 7, and Florida will host Georgia starting Friday at 5. All right, when we come back, we are going to catch up with our buddy Chris Marler from the College Football Uncensored podcast. BetOnline has just released their over-under win totals for all SEC teams, so we're going to do this in two parts. Today, we're going to run through the top half of the SEC teams with Marler, and on tomorrow's podcast, we'll run through the other half. That's next. Need to remind you guys about our friends at rockauto.com. They are a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. If you go to rockauto.com right now, you can shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything you will need from brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, new carpet. Don't get stranded out on the road this summer on your summer road trip and... You know, realize you're missing something that you might need for your vehicle. You can find it all at rockauto.com. Their catalog, very easy, uh, very easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your car or truck. Best of all, the prices at rockauto.com, very low and very, uh, you know, easy to uh, to find and, and add to your card. Why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts at, you know, the store across town? Go to rockauto.com right now. You can see all the parts available for your car or truck. And make sure you're right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. It's rockauto.com. Brought along here, Locked On SEC, and I love this time of year. It's almost June, and that means it's time for uh, the season preview magazines hitting the newsstands now, and uh, that means you got early win totals and all that coming out, and our friends over at BetOnline.ag, they've set the over-under win win totals for all the teams in the SEC for 2021, and so I figured, who better than to get on our good buddy Chris Marler from Saturday Down South, the SDS podcast, and uh, what is it, college football uncensored? Yeah, so not on the not on the SDS podcast. Have not been on there for five months. Well, whatever, um, but it's, it's, on, the same, football it's on the same platform. <laughs> That's true. Um, yeah, so that that, but yeah, college football uncensored with me, my buddy Tyler Huck. Um, but yeah, still, still, um, you know, honestly, more than anything, what you should have introduced me as is just. I wouldn't say degenerate, as always, just dedicated gambler. That's why I'm pumped about these win totals. Yeah, and you're moderately successful. So, um, yeah, you you know, I I tell you guys about the wins. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But anyway, yeah, I just figured, you know what? Like, let's get Marlar on. Let's just run through it because obviously, you know, the schedules are out. We know what's out there. And I'm looking at some of these win totals, and you know, it's bad as a gambler when you look and go, oh, this is too easy. That's when you need to get somebody else. I'd have to get somebody else's opinion in here to make sure I'm not crazy. So let's jump into it, Marler. Let's start with, uh, we'll go in order of of best to worst, but we'll start with Alabama. 11 and a half wins. First off, that's insanity to, to put a team at basically, <laughs> if you don't win 12 games, it's a disappointing season. Right off the bat, that's absolutely absurd. Okay, to be clear, too, this is all regular season, right? Yeah, I guess it's uh, yeah, because they're not including the the bowl games, uh, postseason, all that. It's just, just the schedule that we have now. So I, I'm. This might be the easiest pick, and that's the under. I, I mean, like eleven and a half. Like there's 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 times where Bama's gone into a season. I'm like, yeah, take the over, even if it is something like eleven and a half. But you look at like just recent history. I know they went undefeated last year, but. They're, you know, in a 10-game schedule, they went 10-0. and 0. That They are – Alabama's going to be really good this year, and they're actually going to be somehow in this day and age of football be led by their defense, right? Which is like – I 
I didn't know if we were ever going to say something like that again. And I don't think Bama fans did watching Pete Golding calling for his head uh, and job so many times on Twitter last year. But that being said, you know, you, you replace so much. And I know that Bama fans will roll their eyes and, and, you know, spit out whatever amount of Copenhagen they have in the side of their mouth right now. And then say, well, we just reload. Well, you do, but you don't this year. Like, you lose really, really big generational type talent, a Heisman Trophy winner, a first round uh, talent at quarterback. Um, you know, it wasn't that long ago where they never had a first round uh, pick at, at quarterback since like, I don't know, like Joe Namath. So I, I just think that they had to replace way too much. Najee, that offensive line, people like Landon Dickerson, I, I just don't see them replacing three or five on the offensive line. The best receiver maybe in SC history statistically. My my dog say hello, um, and uh, and then that quarterback. You know, so I I would take the under. So uh, the, obviously, look, the two hardest tests for them. I, you know, we'll see what LSU looks like, Ole Miss, but the two road trips at Florida and at A and M are the toughest. I was surprised looking at some of the betting odds. They some of the odds makers think the at Florida is tougher than the at A and M. I I would disagree on that. I would I would completely disagree with that as well. I, I think that that is. Probably a uh, a product of one. Bama has a, has kind of destroyed a And M most of the times they've played him under under Nick Saban outside that 2012 game. Um, there's been a, a few close calls, maybe, but for the most part they've they've handled a And M pretty easily, uh, especially with Saban versus Jimbo. The the game in Florida, I guess the swamp. Yeah, I don't. Is it that? And you're an LSU fan, so you know the good and the bad with it. Like, like is it that difficult to play in? Like. I, I just I don't I don't I think Bama's a, like a 15 point favorite in that game so I would have a hard time um somebody in Vegas is not is not uh done their their homework yeah and and it's gonna be early September or, or mid-September like I don't know if that's if that game is in like mid-October in the swamp and it's a night game and it's sold out maybe it's a little bit different but I don't know we'll see um but so we're both I'm going under two so we're both going under on 11 and a half for Alabama Absolutely. Okay. Next up, Georgia at 10 and a half. And keep in mind, Georgia's got a really tough opening game against Clemson on a neutral field. In fact, uh, some of the early lines have Clemson as the favorite there. So Georgia kind of expected to lose that one. But from there, the rest of the road for Georgia's schedule, they should run the table. I know they have a road trip at Auburn. But outside of that, I mean, I I lean the over. Just if you think Georgia's going to beat Clemson, then you're leaning over. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think that it's crazy to say, but and I think there's two schools of thought on this that that, you know, I, I've talked to some Florida fans that I I really like and respect and all that kind of stuff, um, and guys close to the program that have said, you know, things like, listen, if they lose that first game, maybe it goes off the rails. Maybe like you you have your backs against the wall. Like Kirby hasn't really been in that position yet, um, and he definitely hasn't done it where he's been able to like, uh, you know, fight his way out of it. Um, we saw what happened with the South Carolina game a couple years ago, and then they got shellacked by LSU in the championship. I, I'm taking the over, I think, just because I think they beat Clemson. I, I've said it the past two years. I think this is the year that that, that Georgia wins it all. Um, you know, and I've been wrong, you know, before, but I, I just think that you look at that schedule. You brought up Auburn, right? And I, I think that on paper, that might besides Florida, that's the most difficult test they have for the whole season. They're like 12 and three in the last 15 years against Auburn. And now they've got a first year coach. And by the way, they still have Bo Nix at quarterback. So that's pretty much good for a loss, no matter what. By the way, somebody asked me this yesterday. I just want to throw this out there to you real quick with SEC media days right around the corner. If you had to vote preseason first team, all SEC quarterback, who are you putting there? Matt Corral. Yeah. 
I that's I I, I at first I like as much as I want to go JT Daniels. I said that to somebody the other day, and they went. Dude, he played like four games at Georgia. I was like, yeah. And the competition I, he played against too was Yeah, I was like, okay. Great. Yeah, he's like corral, full sample size, whole season. I was like, all right, I gotta go corral. So yeah, yeah. I, I'm with you on that. Uh AM next up, nine and a half wins. I'm going under. I know everybody's riding the Jimbo Gravy train. Oh man, look what he did last year. He almost made the playoffs and beat North Carolina in like the Orange Bowl or something. But like I just I don't. I'm not all aboard the Jimbo Fisher train. Like, oh, he has arrived, and here he comes. You lose Kellen Mond. You got to put in a new quarterback. I understand Kellen Mond was a, wasn't a world beater, but he managed the game well. I don't know what the hell these new quarterbacks are going to do. I'm going under nine and a half for AM. Yeah. So that's that's tough because um, they're they're what do you call it? Their non-conference schedule is very, very easy. Like that's, it's four wins guaranteed. Then you start looking at it. It's like, if it's, if it's nine and a half, they can't lose three games. Well, well they go to LSU. I think that's probably a loss. Uh, they play Bama at home. I think that's probably a loss probably. Um, and then they have a tough game at Ole Miss. I, I would take the over and it's not really even about them being that great of a team. Like, like I think they could be a 10 win team and have a lot of, um, 2020 Florida vibes, if that makes sense. Not with yeah. the offensive talent, but, you know, that defense returns like, I think, you know, around like 20 of 22 on their two deep or something crazy like that. They return nine starters. So Mike Elko should have, uh, you know, a leg up on some of the competition there. But I think you're right. The thing with Kellen Mond, Kellen Mond, we're going to look up five years from now, and he's going to have, he's going to be one of the most overlooked quarterbacks, I think, maybe in the, in the past 20 years. Uh, in the SEC because it's a guy that ranks in the top 10 in a, in a lot of cat or a couple of categories in the SEC and top 15 for sure uh, all time, you know, like a basically three and a half year starter, but 19 touchdowns and only three interceptions. I don't know in this day and age of football, we just talked about Matt Corral, how many quarterbacks or how many coaches wouldn't take that kind of ball control and ball security from their quarterback? Yeah, that's a great point. And Calamon, three, four years from now, maybe the starting quarterback for the Vikings because he's better than Kirk Cousins right now. So we'll see. Uh, Bro, hot ha- take. I think he starts week one. <laughs> like, I, I really, like, and I, listen, I, I'm talking out of my ass here a little bit because I don't I don't really watch the NFL like nearly as close as you do. But I, I'm just hot take of the year. If there's if there's odds on it, you should. It's probably worth the worth the value. A little hot stove fantasy football talk there for you. <laughs> uh, no, I'm with you too. The point, the good point on A and M, their four non-conference is a joke. Kent State, Colorado, New Mexico, and uh, Prairie View A and M. That they should steamroll all four of those. Uh, let's get to the next one. Florida at nine. What the hell are the Florida Gators going to look like this year? I think that's one of the big questions. I think. Uh, Dan Mullen made a tremendous mistake bringing back Todd Grantham. I think they should have made a change there. I think he's going to regret keeping him. And I think Florida wins eight games, so I take them under the nine this year. Yeah, this is another one that's like they could win nine games, and that might be why that's that's at you know without a hook there. Florida Atlantic, South Florida, Florida State, and Sanford in your um, – and your what do you call it? And should, your non should be four and all those. Yeah, you know they they do have a tough road game at USF. You know um, who was like one of the worst defenses in the country last year. But like you look at their schedule. Okay, if that's if that's four wins, right? Like we expect it to be. Tennessee's at home, at Kentucky, Vandy at home, uh, at South Carolina, at Missouri. I'm I'm kind of with you. Like it, it, they could get to a push. I think the ceiling is a push here. I, I don't see them just replacing they have to be improved on defense i would be shocked if they weren't right 
um, because they were god awful last year. But at the same time, the stuff I said about Bama and like replacing that level of talent, you just don't replace generational type talent like that and just pick up where you left off. I just I just don't see it happening. Yeah, I think Emory Jones can be good, but like let's I think we underplay how good Kyle Trask was last year. Like that guy was real, like setting records. Everybody's like, yeah, whatever. But the defense sucks. It's like okay, but like we have to acknowledge how good the offense is. I think Emory Jones can be good. I just don't think he can be Kyle Trask this year. So we'll see. I completely agree with that. He might. Listen, I've said this too in the offseason. What you might get from this is you might have the full playbook, right? Like the full playbook that you're able to see from Dan Mullen. And and what I mean by that is I Emory Jones is not as good as as Kyle Trask. Kyle Trask had like 40 touchdowns last year. Um, but like at the same time, we've all seen what Mullen's been able to do with, with dual threat quarterbacks, and he hasn't really had one of those at at um at Florida, I mean, like, and you know, the if you're comparing Trask to a runner, I think I've said it to you before, that giant behemoth from Happy Gilmore that that had his ball, <laughs> his foot struck by uh like Shooter McGavin's ball, that guy, that's basically what Kyle Trask ran like, you know. So I, I think I think that um him having a dual threat quarterback will be nothing but helpful. All right, more with Chris Marler after this. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season in full swing. NBA playoffs also rock and rolling every single night. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including every sport that you might want to bet on. You can do it all at betonline.ag. Before the next game, head on over there. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. It's your chance to get in the game. Head to their website. Do so on your mobile device, and you can sign up today. Receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code Locked On. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. BetOnline.ag. We're talking about it all this week, but they've got over and unders for college football games, uh, teams in the fall. If you feel like five and a half or six wins, if you're like, no way, my team is better than that, they're going to hit the over. Make a wager at betonline.ag, and you can uh, certainly capitalize off of your sports knowledge and the information out there. Betonline.ag, head over there right now, and remember to use the promo code Locked On when you sign up and get that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, they are your online sportsbook experts. Run along here, Locked On SEC. Continue our conversation with Chris Marler from uh, the SaturdayDownSouth.com and the College Football Uncensored podcast. And uh, Marler, we're doing our win over under win totals. These uh, coming out from BetOnline.ag, and we've done the first four. Now we get into the middle of the pack, and this is where you really get some good value. Let's start with LSU at eight and a half. I think a lot depends on when we talk about the four non-conference games. Do you see LSU getting the road victory at UCLA to open up the season? I do. And, man, just copy and paste what you said about Florida's defense can't be as bad as it was last year again this year. LSU's defense can't be as bad again this year as it was last year. I'm leaning LSU over 8.5. All right, bro. I, I did not want to um... – I didn't want to bring up the comparison between Florida and LSU because honestly, Florida was bad, but they weren't even LSU bad. You're talking about the worst pass defense in the country last year uh, under Bo Pelini. Bo Pelini is gone. And I think just like me going to Shreveport, I'm assuming he's banned from Baton Rouge for the rest of his life. <laughs> I, like I, I just, I would assume, but no, I think that I, I said how Bama under might be like the, the easiest pick on here. This is my lock of, of all the picks is LSU over eight and a half. I think LSU is going to be really, really improved from a talent standpoint. They've got talent everywhere. I mean, everywhere. And, and I think that 
you can talk about last year all you want. And, and, and I think people were very quick to jump off the coach O train after, after what happened in 2019 and the decline they had last year. And they were really bad last year. But when you talk about the, the level of talent and talent, you know, reigns supreme here in, in the country, I think. And, and it makes coaches look a lot better than they, they necessarily are or even have to be. LSU has has maybe the best receiver in the SEC with Keishon Butte. They have one of the most underrated quarterbacks in, in the country, in my opinion, with Miles Brennan. I don't know if he's going to start or not, but I think he should. There's there's talent all over the field. I, I think that they they cruise past uh, this this eight and a half number and and all the way. Well, I don't think maybe up to ten, but re- regardless, I still think that that's the lock of the year. Yeah, and, and you bring back your your offensive line. I think that's huge. LSU hasn't done that in, in like forever. So I, I'm with you. I just uh, there's a couple games that scare me, but man, I, I'm gonna have faith in Durante Jones, the new defensive coordinator, that he's gonna come in and turn that defense around. And real quick, speaking to what you just speaking to what you just said, when you talk about um, the offensive line, I, this games in the SEC, I, it's so cliche, and you know I hate one of the trenches, of brother. Run it's it. all I hate cliches, but it's so true. It's so true in this in this conference. Like they are always one in the trenches, and and you're not just returning your entire. Like you say, you said it so casually. Like they return their offensive line. Like yeah, they return they return their entire effing offensive line, and and they're also returning four or five of those guys are seniors. I think that's huge for whoever the quarterback is, and, you, and especially when you start talking about the the talent they have everywhere else. And and listen. This is off, you know, off topic maybe, but I still think Eric Gilbert ends up back in Baton Rouge. Yeah. And you, he has somebody like that. Like nobody walks into the Rose Bowl in front of 1,500 screaming Bruins fans and walks out unscathed. <laughs> but, I mean, outside of that, I, I think they're fine, man. I think, I think they cruise past eight and a half. Yeah, Chip Kelly's building something there. He just needs like six <laughs> more years, and he'll really build something there. Uh, next up, Ole Miss, seven and a half wins. Man, I, I I kept going back and forth on this one because I believe in Lane Kiffin and the offense. I believe the defense has to be at least a little bit better this year because they were god-awful, like worse than college football bad last year. But that's eight wins is a lot if I'm going over. I, I, I'm leaning under. I'm leaning under because I feel like Lane's going to – he'll he'll surprise us and win one he's not supposed to but he'll surprise us and lose one or two that he's not supposed to. So I'll go with the under on Ole Miss. I, this is like such a bad situation to be this good. So early for Lane, Lane Kiffin, <laughs> like, it's like you're You're just bringing on unreasonable expectations for yourself in the most difficult conference and division in all of college football. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to like take a chance here and say the over. Um, and, and I don't feel super confident about it because I, I think that Louisville game is a lot trickier than people think. I think yeah. they're either a one point favorite or maybe even a one point underdog in that game. I don't think they beat Bama at Bama. Um, that at Tennessee is, is a little bit more difficult. Than I think people think, and you start looking at, at some of like the way that the schedule is set up. They, they, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but they're kind of blowing their, um, <laughs> what's the best way to put this man? They're, they're, they might've. They might have shot their. They might be shooting their shot a little bit too early yes. um, with going to Bama and, and and taking their off week the week before that. Because then you talk about a really tough, you know, rest of the season when you have eight or I'm sorry, nine more games to play back to back to back to back. Um, I, I just I think that that eight and four is a great year for him. I, the ceiling is nine for that team, um, but nevertheless, I, I, I would. I would venture to say it's going to be over seven. Well, and keep in mind, a non-conference game against a really good Liberty team that, like, in any other year, that's a cupcake. 
that that's a possible loss to Hugh Freeze and Liberty. Oh, I didn't so, even see that. Yeah. Oh, we should probably take the under on that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like literally, like the back half of their schedule is LSU possible loss at Auburn possible loss, home for Liberty possible loss, home for A and M possible loss. Vandy at home, you win that one. And then at Mississippi State, you know, Egg Bowl possible loss. So, like, Lane could start red hot, like 5-6-0. and oh, He beats Bama and then, you know, like, loses five of the last six. Like, that could happen. You had a very, very big Vern, uh, Vern Lundquist vibes there when you just you said the beat Bama thing. I like that. Um, <laughs> also, I got to say, whoever's idea it was to bring back Hugh Freeze – and get two of maybe the biggest a-holes in SEC coaching history <laughs> to be on the same field, you're either a genius or you should be fired immediately. And I, don't, I honestly don't know which one it is, but that is a dangerous spot to, to put your team in at home against your former coach that y'all kind of had to run off, and now he's got a, a, a potential Heisman dark horse with Malik Willis. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of people uh, holding up signs saying, come back Hugh Freeze possibly that yeah. night. Uh, Missouri at seven. I, what do you make of Eli Drinkwitz in year, in year two? I mean, he surprised us. Uh, let's say the first half of last year he surprised us because he kind of disappointed down the backstretch of last season. Mizzou lost a couple games I didn't think they would lose. But uh, I think expectations are okay. It was good to see what you did last year, but seven wins, that, that seems like a good number. Uh, you going over or under? So seven does feel like a lot. I, I, I'm. I, you can probably just your audience is definitely able to hear me flipping through this magazine so I can see <laughs> what their actual schedule is. Um, I, I, I'm taking the under, and I don't think it's even a shot at Eli Drinkwitz. I think Eli Drinkwitz is great. Um, I, I think he's a good coach. I think he's going to, you know, have some success in this league. And, and he's a great interview from everything we've seen on, on TV. Um, I go. They hope like Missouri always seems to do some stupid crap like this in the first part of the season where they'll they'll book a game that on paper should be a win, right? Like we're looking at Boston College, like oh that's a win. I don't know if it is. No, I really right. don't know if it is. It, and, and the way that, that that team rolled last year and, and really has the past couple of years is that they're very streaky, right? And, and I know it's a new coach, a new regime, so maybe they won't be this time around, but very streaky team. And if you – if you obviously they'll beat Central Michigan. I don't know if they beat Kentucky. I, I don't think they will. Um, then you play – you have a very, very good chance of starting out two and two. Um you know, and the way that, that that entire schedule closes with Georgia, Florida, oh, and Arkansas brutal. in three yeah. of the last four, I I, I think I, I I would venture to say they might lose all all or three uh, all three of those games. Yeah, I'm going to go under. I think it's a six and six type season. It's not bad, but I I, I just think that back half of the, of the schedule is just way too tough for Mizzou. All right, that is going to do it for this edition of Locked on SEC. My thanks to Chris Marler. We'll have part two of our conversation hitting the overs and unders for all the teams in the SEC on tomorrow's podcast. You don't want to miss that. And we'll continue to update you on the latest from Hoover with the SEC tournament rolling on throughout this week. I'm Chris Gordy. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Remember, you can get all the news that you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Talk to you guys tomorrow.